What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 171 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. We have power. We do. Another week with uh, power outages in Northern California and fires. Uh, so we we told you that we had to skip an episode the, the previous week and apologize. This week, we are actually able to get it in, despite I got power in the Shedio uh, about four hours ago. So, you know, Joe had powered his Yeah, I never, I never lost so, power. But... Worst case scenario, we could have gone over there or even better. We could have recorded in the candlelight here in the Shedio. You could have done your editing at home later on. Yeah. After we finished together. The episode, that is. The episode. <laughs> Just quick reminder, this isn't the pre-show. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Just Sorry, I got a little carried away. I love candles. Okay, I'm a real candle guy, you know? <laughs> he is. He is. He, like... When we go to the mall, because we go to the mall all the time, it's like janky <laughs> candle shop. Do, do people, give, me, give me about forty-five minutes. <laughs> do people go to malls? Is that a thing? I don't know. Like Amazon exists. I know. Like if I want a candle, I'll just you know get on. Oh yeah. If I want basically anything, <laughs> I'm just like, well, I can have it sent to my work. <laughs> I don't have to go and do shit right now. But, instead of a candle, I would like a generator just delivered to my door. Didn't you already get one of those? I do. Yeah. A couple actually oh dang yeah well uh one was ordered through work but right nonetheless we'll, we'll try not to, to harp too much on the fact that we live in this like apocalypse world with fires and crazy winds and our power company just shutting down the power willy-nilly i think we covered it pretty well last week yeah but i feel like when it happened last week we were kind of like well that sucked okay we're done with this, and and basically, since that episode, uh, we've come to realize that this uh, is probably going to be like a our life a few times, or like every couple weeks for three months out of the year. Yeah. Well, don't you worry. I'll get the Shedio upgraded. I'll get a transfer switch in here. We'll be ready to go. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make it happen. We'll get, cool. We'll get generator power, and, and then you can just hear the the chugging of the generator in the background. I well, hopefully, I would put it far enough away that we don't do that. Or some of the one, the natural gas ones are like a little bit better uh, in in terms of the noise, but it just depends. So, you know, yay, California! Yeah, this is super cool. What you know? What we really could use right now to to distract us from the fires would be a nice solid earthquake. Like it just like a real real good one, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Like, sure, <laughs> just just let it sure. happen. Like, I don't care about earthquakes that much. Like, <laughs> I feel well, like you'll care when it matters. Yeah, when we actually get a big enough earthquake. I'm, it's been, I mean, it's that been last earthquake legitimately thirty years. No, that last one was decent. No, I mean it's been thirty. Like eighty nine was the last like significantly destructive earthquake. That one, that one in uh, like Vallejo, Napa. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was like four years. It ago. It didn't do much damage here in Sonoma, but it, it did it a did lot. It did rough in Napa. stuff in Napa. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I mean, okay. I, I, we had stuff break. Yeah, not not a ton, but we had stuff break. So I learned that uh, you don't get uh, out of your bed without shoes on. Um, oh, broken glass. Because you know, like things fall off stuff and and yeah. break. And uh, thankfully, I didn't. Uh, I didn't lacerate my feet, but um, but when the lights came back on, I was like, oh, that could have been real bad. <laughs> that could have been real bad. <laughs> yeah, I swear power was out for a shorter amount of time during that earthquake than... Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. Than... All right. We have to stop with, with California problems. This is the All second right. show in a row that we've done this. The, the, the people don't care. I guarantee it. All right, so here's a question. Y'all can send us emails or uh, just message us on Slack. Where should we move? (laughs) That's even better, yeah. Tell us why your state and city are the best place for us to do our podcast. Also places, uh, I mean, there's Boys and Girls Clubs everywhere, uh, but, you know, some thriving landscape architecture 
you know, uh, uh, opportunities as well. I, I'm going to put Portland pretty high up on my list. Oh, yeah. That was the first one that was, in my mind. That was pretty good. Ta- I enjoyed I, I enjoyed going there. I, I like that. And uh, I, that's going to be my vote right now. Like I, I think Portland's going to be it. The only thing I'm not loving about Portland is, uh, and it wasn't before, um, also uh, climate change isn't real, Um I feel like it didn't used to be a snowy place, but now Portland is like a snow place. Is it? Yeah, I think. And uh, I don't, I don't really want to live somewhere where you gotta fuck with snow. If I'm being honest, <laughs> doesn't actually snow in like downtown Portland. Yeah. Oh dang. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Shows like, how much I know. Like that's happening, but I feel like. And maybe it stopped. I feel like two or three years ago, they had like a whole bunch of snow and they hadn't had snow for super long, but I feel like it's a thing there now. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I don't, I don't want to shovel snow. I don't want to scrape snow. This is the most California thing ever. We don't want, we would like to move to a, uh, a paradise that is like the one that we remember California to be. Like fifteen years ago. No, let me. I mean, I'm. I mean, I think we're still right with Pacific Northwest. I think that probably makes the most sense because I'm down with rain. I've got zero issue with rain. Same. I'm, I can. I I'm can roll rain. and rain all day, every day. Yep. Uh, don't wanna. Don't wanna fuck with snow. <laughs> I just being totally honest. Uh, like snow. The, like, snow golf just sounds dumb. It does. The ribbons on your disc, right? It sounds horrible. Like cold hands. I. Like, By the way, uh, Matt Raymond, we're excited for you to visit us from Alaska, but uh, nope. I do not throw with, well with cold hands. Like It could be like a 40-degree brisk morning, and uh, I, I'm going to be complaining about my, my fingers you know, not feeling quite right yep. for at least two to three holes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why I have one of those like Zippo hand warmers. They're, they're uh, a beautiful thing. But then it, it being <laughs> Northern California... By hole six, I'm like, oh, I don't need this anymore. It's warm in my pocket. I'm bothered by this. <laughs> like, it's now warmed up that I feel fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to end this now and say we've got a fantastic show. <laughs> Probably the best one up. ever. Probably the best show of the season. Number one, tons of tournament action to talk about. Number two, lots of uh, pro player movement since it's the off season, just like last year. We're going to have tons of crazy stuff happening, and so far, this year has not disappointed in that. There has definitely been at least one to two, um, well, okay, they're fairly minor contract uh, re-signings. Right, and by one to two, I mean like one. (laughs) There's two, I think, probably. Oh, okay. Well, I'm happy you know of another one because I can. Okay, probably one. just one. Okay. All right, Kristen Tatar signed with Latitude. <laughs> okay, we can just we can just we can just wrap that up. Resigned. She re upped <laughs> for three years. Um, I'm still waiting to find out though. I, I, like Robin had a very good point last off season. Um, I, I really want to know how binding any of these contracts are. Probably not very. It's going to be my guess. I'm really excited for someone to be like, no, I'm going to leave. And they're like, well, we're going to sue you. And and then they're going to be like, for what? For my tournament fee entries? Or? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we. I but- have to give you. The- <laughs> I have to give you the hatchback back. Okay. <laughs> You've totally hijacked my, my show. Re- or my oh, sorry. Show preview okay. Here, Joe. <laughs> Which. I'm really upset about because I had a lot of really important things to say about. Oh, go ahead. About what we're gonna. What else about. are we talking about? Oh, so the Disc Golf Pro Tour uh, final, which happened. <laughs> yep. And um, we also had the uh, the Utah Open is going to host Worlds, which is not like like super new news, but but we haven't talked about it yet on the podcast. Right. right. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. And then we have our world-famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring on the course. Tonight, we have the Prodigy MX3, which is a mid-range disc, and we're pairing that with Honey Orange Trapel by New Belgium Brewing Company, which is a 10% alcohol Belgian-style ale um, brewed with wild African honey and fresh ground Seville orange peel. So... 
That sounds uh, incredible. And I should note, uh, we got the beer from Evan Miller and the discs. We got two MX3s. Um, Austin Neely sent us one and uh, Drew Lusk sent us the other. So thanks to all three of you guys. Yeah, thank you much. We got a regular dude some here. With, Hopefully they're gentle. Uh, probably. If I know uh, uh, Austin, Drew, and and Evan, which I think I do, I'm guessing that they are. Um, never mind. Let's just get on yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. And uh, so, Disc Golf Pro Tour uh, Final, which is a a different format than virtually every t- tournament. Actually, definitely every other tournament. Certainly not in uh, this category of tournament. But uh, there's essentially there were brackets, and uh, each each day there was a cut on scores, and it it slowly went down. Uh, certain players got buys um, each each and every day. So uh, ultimately, it ends up in a four uh, four player round for the final. So they had a qualifier, and then uh, quarterfinals, and semifinals, and finals, kind of like almost like a a uh, college basketball bracket style tournament yeah. type thing, except that um, it was really just by best score on each of those rounds, uh, eliminating um, players. So um, do you like that better than what it was before? No, I don't like either way. I don't think, I don't think that this is a true way to crown a champion of a tour. Um, so I, I, it's, it's cute. I just, I, I mean, I, I, uh, I go. Uh, I mean the the. I understand part of it. I feel like there should be uh, some incentive for playing lots of uh, of the tour stops and and playing well throughout the season. I feel like yeah. that should buy you something. Yeah, but maybe it's maybe no. I, it's I get, get the I get the the buys like being able to get a buy to to each round, but but having one round be able to eliminate you. Uh, is I you know it's would it's it, fun. Would it make more sense to like handicap it for those who played well? Like you get an automatic two off your score. No, I just think that that this I like it's the people that designed this tournament know exactly what its pitfalls are and its benefits are. Um, the cool part about it is that it's pretty much sudden death every single round that you're watching. Right. So each and every player uh, that's in there has to play their best in that round or they will not advance. So that's the, the, the plus side to it. The downside is that, uh, you know, disc golf, like golf and, and other sports, is a game that the best players, you give them more rounds, the best players will come out on top. They're the law of averages, they'll they will play better over a longer period of time and uh, end up winning. So you kind of take that out of it, just like baseball, other sports like that, where you've got these teams that play great over 162 games, and then you have the one game wild card matchup, and they could be out type thing. So it's the plus minus. You get the excitement of the the sudden death. And you also get the downside of a really great player could get eliminated because of a bad one bad round, possibly all right. one bad. All level. right, let's throw this all out and let's go back to what I brought up last week and make it like the Pro Bowl of disc golf the skills challenges. Right. And- so first off, you just say tour Wait, champion. Hold on, hold on. Pro Bowl like fifteen years ago. Cool Pro Bowl for sure. Cool Pro. So Bowl. like, first off, you just say, "Hey, you finished the season with most points." You're the tour champion. Cool. High five. Uh, you can have a plaque. Yeah. But then you take all this added cash that you have for the championship and you split that into skills competitions. Okay. Right? So you do like- So you get to see some cool stuff. You can see some cool stuff. But I think that you need to come up with some extra cool skills things because I know like Worlds and all that, they have like the distance competition and Worlds putting and Worlds doubles and things like that, which I think- those are fine, but I feel like you got to spice it up and come up with some like new, fresh ideas. Uh, like I brought up after, God, I don't remember the tournament. Um, oh, uh, maybe it was maybe it was Nick Hyde. 
Maybe it was Nick Hyde. That's too long ago. I cannot. Uh, anyway, I cannot tell you what, what I'm you just may, saying, have, may or may not have said back Well, then. I'll tell you what I was saying, but I was just trying to f- remember what the tournament was. Um, but you basically play horse, but it, it being based on like the lines you take off the tee. Like we, you know, talking about like get girthy and Lazad and Eagle. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, and okay. flip flip the disc for who gets to throw first, and then everyone has to take that like wild line to yep. the tee. So basically, it's no, like, I like that idea. Uh, so you can get that going. Uh, maybe instead kind of, of like a horse per hole type thing, right? Not quite horse, but but obviously just kind of like you have to execute this type of shot and and uh, and see who also scores uh, well right. on the hole. And maybe like in I think like Japan or it might be South Korea. Uh, for their all-star, like they they have the home run derby, but they also have um, bunting competitions. Yeah, totally do. So, what about a roller competition? But it's not just for distance. Like there is uh, granted a big space, so it's distance, but you also need to land in a safe zone. So you have to have some control on your roller and put the line down to get it where you need. I think that'd be a good one. Yeah. I, I I would like that. That'd be fun. Uh, but I still kind of... I, I'm i not totally sure. I mean, if you look at who actually played this tournament and and um, came through, it's it's pretty clear that like the, the, the DG Disc Golf Pro Tour final wasn't like really high priority. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you took out the thought that someone was going to have to pay, play, you know... 72 holes or whatever in a short amount of time and you say hey you could earn like basically if you think about that skins match uh after worlds like something where it's like hey you just you just come out for a day you do some events and you could walk away with like 10 grand yeah yeah you'd get more people out like i think we could yeah you know eagle destroyed his hand because he's a goose in actuality like you've got the disc golf pro tour and paul Macbeth really is the one that won the disc golf pro tour right his finishes are 10th Fourth, first, 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 second, sixth, first, first, second, first, third, first, 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 second, first. <laughs> like so, what you're saying is he started the season out washed up. Yeah. So, uh, you know. It, oh, sorry. I just read his full schedule, not the Disc Golf Pro Tour schedule. My bad. That was that was Paul McBeth's uh, uh, in, season. His season, his NTs and and uh, God, he sucks. Years, I heard a, I heard a sixth. I heard a dominant. tenth. Like shitty. Well, player. I didn't read the sixty fourth in in uh, Worlds in no oh, USDGC. Yeah, sixty <laughs> fourth in Worlds. He managed yeah, sorry, to win he won Worlds. worlds. Yeah, sixty <laughs> fourth. Everyone uh, DNF'd <laughs> in the very last hole. It was really strange. But in actuality, I think in like points, uh, Paul was very much pro tour uh dominant so um but yeah it's uh it's fun i like it but i also i think that the that they maybe shouldn't use it as the pro tour champion style thing at the end i don't know it's it's we need tournaments like this to get you know a little bit more interest especially into the season uh you know worlds has already happened usdgc has already happened it I I don't think it hurts anything. So, and um, it, you know I don't think anyone out there is is truly putting a lot of weight on who the disc golf pro tour champion is. It, it, as much as it is an accomplishment, it it's not the same as winning USDGC, winning Worlds, you know, winning some of these more iconic tournaments. So, yeah, it's uh your your Pro Bowl MVP. It it kind of is. Can you can you name any Pro Bowl MVPs? Because I, I cannot. I cannot. No, but you and and are they usually like the dudes you think of? Not really. No, no. It's like definitely not. Oh yeah, this this kick returner from this team that made it made it pro made the Pro Bowl on special teams God. gets the MVP because he got to play wide receiver and quarterback and he ran a kickback. <laughs> He is obviously the God. best player in football. He's throwing so much shade right now. I mean, 
I not you just you. We are. Uh, yeah, I say is it undo like <laughs> I don't I don't it's fun. Yeah. And they are top tier players. Like I'm not trying to take anything away from Chris no, Dickerson of course they are. or Calvin um, Heimberg, Kevin Jones, Drew Gibson. Um you know, it just it is what it is. And so, I think they they probably realize that, but it's good for them to like get some cash and roll with, but Totally. Um it's yeah, it is kind of a silly culmination. I mean, overall from where the Disc Golf Pro Tour started to where it is now, um they have made huge strides uh in both improving their live coverage and uh getting past the whole dumpster fire that that occurred um you know with Steve Dodge and the original kind of uh you know migration away from from the disc golf media sources and going in house and all that sort of stuff they have come really a, like from their absolute pit they have now come to a place where people are actually paying attention and cool with the live coverage and happy with the product that they're seeing. So the fact that they have done that in such a short period of time uh, should be congratulated. True. And I forgot about that. There's new ownership. So yeah, new owners, because you're obviously listening, hit us up. We will help you come up with probably not, but uh, you with can... said skills competition, we'll figure it out. We'll make it. Uh, we'll make it awesome. <laughs> We're here for you. Uh, so, do you I, think it stays the same next year with new ownership? I, I think that they will continue where they left off this year um, and, the, and the strides that they made in the live coverage and the post-produced coverage. So I, I think that we will see more of what we saw in the last four to five events and um, that hopefully they'll continue to improve the live coverage as we've seen. I mean, we're starting to see some oh, yeah, like, that's fairly th- polished live broadcasts now. So. Oh yeah, no, it's no no shade on um, how they ended the year with coverage and uh, their live, their post produced, all great stuff. I'm purely talking about the championship. Oh, I have no idea. I would assume they'll do something like this, especially if it's going to be this late in the season. Um, you know, you're not once you get past the major uh, NTs. It, it's going to be tough. You got to do something a little bit different. And, um, you know, they've kind of set this as, as a tradition. They did bracket play um, in previous ones and uh, having you win your card. They didn't do that this time. You didn't have to win your card. You just had to have the top scores. So, um, right. I'm just, I mean, I'm saying tradition can be broken when, of course, tradition, well, I mean, it's they like year it. three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they changed it this year. So the previous year, right? This is year three. I believe. I believe so, yeah. yeah. So the previous year, you had to win your card to advance. Yeah. This year, you didn't have to win your card. You just had to have the top, you know, eight scores or the top four scores or, the you know, in each of those those sections. So um, they made, which I think was a nice change, especially in terms of, you know, if you had a card where someone shoots minus 10 and someone shoots minus nine and then a card where someone shoots minus four to win it and uh, that minus nine dude doesn't get it. That's that's a bummer. So that was a nice change. I think they'll continue to to kind of tweak it to see how uh how they can get a little bit more excitement into it. It's still a fun format and a good chance for these guys to guys and ladies to win some money. So yeah, so uh the I'm not gonna go through the the qualifier, quarterfinals, semifinals. I'm just gonna give you the the finals. Um and uh Drew Gibson, Kevin Jones, and Calvin Heimberg and Chris Dickerson were the uh the final card for the uh for the MPO and Chris Dickerson ended up coming up with the win, shooting a minus nine. Calvin Heimberg in second place at eight down, and then Kevin Jones in third place at three down, Drew Gibson in fourth place at two down. So uh that was your MPO and then an FPO. We had uh, Katrina Allen. Oh, sorry. Let me bring this back up. Uh, Katrina Allen winning in a playoff over Sarah Hokum. So um, the final uh, four was Paige Pierce, Rebecca Cox, Sarah Hokum, and Katrina Allen. Uh, Sarah Hokum and Katrina Allen both shooting one down to tie. Rebecca Cox uh, shooting two over to be in third place. And Paige Pierce shooting three over to come in fourth. And then uh, in the playoff, uh, Katrina Allen winning on the first hole of the playoff 
uh, carding the par and Sarah Hocum uh, getting the bogey. So Paige Pierce is washed up. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was a fun event. I still haven't watched all of the video. I, I need to catch up on all of that, um, but uh, not as as important to me as in terms of like I'm not. I wasn't. Let's, I wasn't dying to go and watch it. Let's put it that way. Like I want to see the great matchups. I also want to see the, uh, you know, how a a player's round progresses over multiple rounds and having it kind of restart at each uh, each day. I don't know. I, I'm I'm I'll I'll check it out and and see how I feel about it. But at this point, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm just I'm on the fence and I'm I'm leaning towards. Yeah. Listen, I'm gonna be honest. I have not watched any. Yeah. With that said, I am kind of excited that there's there's a few things that I haven't watched because now we are entering the dark zone. Yes, we are entering uh, winter is coming. So it will be nice to have some fresh stuff to watch uh, here and there, this being one of those things uh, as we move forward through uh, the no disc golf time. Yes. Yeah, uh, so uh, when are we going to get the champs versus jumps and the... Uh, Starter Pack Challenge. Starter Pack Challenge and... Uh, oh, we're you know what? For sure, we've been saying this for weeks and it's actually been like mutual wanting to do it. We haven't done it. We need to grill in... Yeah. Uh, Give us dates. Pod. Yeah, tell or us. just send us raw footage. We won't tell nobody. <laughs> I want to watch those things. Yeah, for sure. Um, so... Uh, Let's uh, move on. Utah Open has been announced as the site for Worlds uh, in 2020. Uh, my first reaction was, okay, cool. Uh, my second reaction was, oh, my God, they moved it back to June again. So uh, this will be June 13th to 20th in in 2020. And I we talked about this because this happened two years ago. And I, we just... I do not like having the world championships halfway through the disc golf season. It may have been three years ago. I feel like we said it, two it, years ago, and then Austin was like, uh, technically. No, you're right. Yeah, I think it is three years ago. But Love you, Austin. Whatever. It, it happened before, and we didn't like it. Yep. So, um, I, I just do not like having worlds halfway through the disc golf season. That's not... I. I it should be a culminating event or close to it. Right. I mean, I get it that USDGC is going to likely be the last really important disc golf tournament every single year, um, which is fine. And and we're used to that. It's it's a, a longstanding tradition. But I, I don't want to have, you know, two NTs, three NTs after Worlds, four NTs, actually, after Worlds. It just seems like... You crown a champion, and then the the season still hasn't fully uh, hasn't fully aired out. You still don't know what the disc golf landscape is. Totally, yeah, no, um, yeah, I, not start on the date. Um, not super stoked on the course, but with that said, um, I said the same thing about Worlds this year, and it was thoroughly enjoyable. That's true. Yeah, we were both like a little bit worried, um, but it ended up being that that Northwood Gold Course was way cooler than we ever expected. Um, I I don't know what I don't know what they have in store for us at the Utah Open though. Yeah, I just know it's on a ball golf course, which I don't necessarily hate, but it's also near mountains and there's lots of wind so it's now a super gusty open uh ball golf course so we'll see what they do to mix it up uh maybe they'll add you know i think there's another course out there they play um you know it'll be it'll it, i'm sure it will be fine it definitely was not you know wouldn't be my first choice but you know it'll be good it'll be It'll be a great tournament. I'm sure we'll have, uh, we'll have, we'll have scoring. Stuff will happen. Yeah, obviously. 
Like in in the moment, we will enjoy watching it. I just I I'm not personally I'm not a huge fan of the ball golf courses as disc golf courses, so it it just doesn't it doesn't do much for me. Like whenever that happens, so I'm I I'm not a huge fan of that to begin with. It's hard for me to get around it. Um and I just I want to see it later in the year. Yeah. Yeah, no totally. Um going back to the course real quick. The one fun thing that we may or may not see depending on how people are playing, there is the ability ability I said that really weird uh to take risks and and go for big big shots that there's a good handful of people that can attack um there's not a lot of trees to contend with just ob and wind and whatnot so uh you know we might see some exciting eagles and whatnot uh and by eagles i mean uh you know getting a, a a par five and uh three shots instead of four but also uh eagle mcmahon can throw eagles also yeah so i mean there there's two courses uh there's there's fort buena ventura um and then there is uh um and then there's mulligan's golf course so um if that okay yeah remains the same i i believe that's how it'll, how it'll work that we'll have the two courses the one being a golf course and the other, you know, it's got river running through it and stuff like that. So yeah, no, and it's maybe it's technical. It's got, it's a, it's a cool course, you know, um, on the optimistic end, hopefully we'll be surprised by, by how they set this up and, uh, and give us a little bit of both where we get some, some ball golf course action with big booming drives and, and windy approaches and OB and water. Um, and then maybe we get some more traditional disc golf, uh, at the same time. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I, I'll try to be optimistic, but at the same time, I, I'm a little concerned, mostly because of of when it'll start. So, you know, I don't know, don't know where to go with that. So, um, do you have any other thoughts on, uh, on, on worlds before we we move on to our our deer review? Nope. You're good. All right, well, it's time for our world-famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course. Tonight, we have the Prodigy MX3, which is a five-speed, four-glide, zero-turn, two-fade, mid-range disc, uh, and these were sent to us. We had two of them, in both in 400 plastic, uh, we got one from Austin Neely and one from Drew Lusk, and uh, we are pairing it with Honey Orange Trapel, which is a Belgian-style ale, uh, and uh, it's made with wild African honey and fresh ground Seville orange peel, and this was sent to us by Evan Miller. So, um, yeah, that's what we got. Where do you want to start, Joe? Disc or beer? Uh, let's go disc. I think disc is a very... Very easy spot for us to uh, jump in on uh, because we've <laughs> more or less reviewed this disc before. This is a extremely common category of mid-range disc. Um, and I've, I, I could be wrong, and there's probably some disc that I'm not thinking of. There's probably like uh, a Millennium or like a DGA disc that I don't know about. Uh, but in my mind... This style of disc became popular for me anyway with the pine. So the stable mid-range, I guess, not an overstable. I mean, I guess it's overstable, but versus like a a buzz or a rock, um, this is definitely a a more stable mid-range. I think that 5402 pretty much nails this disc uh it is a a pretty flat mid-range it's got a bead um it uh yeah you rip it hard and you know it's gonna finish left it's not gonna flip and turn over um very reliable and get out there 
very, very, very similar to the pine and the bobcat. Yeah, uh, I would throw in um, uh, kind of like a, you know, drone would be on the more overstable end of this spectrum, but you could put a drone in there. Um, I think at the beginning when we talked about the pine, we talked about like brand new, fresh TI buzz. Yeah. Yeah, or even like the 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 champion rock threes uh, tend to be pretty overstable until you beat them in, uh, you know, j- it, just that general range. It's the the overstable um, mid range disc workhorse type disc, and you can really rip these hard. Oh yeah, really hard. Uh, I had to, and it was funny. The first throw Joe saw me throw with the MX3, he was like, "Whoa, is that understable?" And I was like, "No, I've been Anheusering it really hard for the last three throws, just to trying try to figure and, it out, try and figure out how to break it." You know, like yeah. <laughs> so I had thrown a bunch of hyzers and some. Uh, I was like, I threw this shots. before. <laughs> it didn't fly like that for me. And threw some flat shots and then. Uh, you know, all of them were, you know, obviously the hyzers just continued to to ride that hyzer line and fade out immediately. Uh, throwing it flat resulted in a flat shot that started to fade pretty quickly, too. I mean, not too bad. And then once you start anhyzering it, um, you'll get uh, some nice flex lines out of it. It's still going to fade back. And I even put it to the point where I anhyzered it really hard uh, and and it would hold it. Uh, so it wasn't like completely like a like Buzz OS territory uh, or some of those crazy justice right, or turbulence, type, you know, or like it's deflector, not yeah, it's not so crazy overstable that it you can't anhyzer it to the point where it won't fade out of it. Um, so you can definitely uh, put enough ante on it that it'll hold it all the way. Um, it's not one of those those um, crazy overstable fight out of it no matter what you do type type discs. Uh, it, pretty i mean this is for for people that are looking for a stable to overstable mid-range disc this is great feels nice a uh, prodigy plastic we we talk about it every oh, time yeah. we review a prodigy disc this is this 400 plastic it has fantastic grip to it yep. and durability i mean it, it just feels like it sticks to your hand when you hold it like you you it feels comfortable. You feel like you, even in, in bad conditions, you're going to be able to get a good grip on it every time we rave about it. Uh, I even got some forehand shots in with it. Holds a, uh, a forehand really nicely, uh, even with my crappy forehand form that is pretty much like oat-tastic. Uh, got some some nice flat shots out there that, that then faded. And, um, you know, nice nice workhorse overstable mid-range. Oh, yeah. I mean, like Robin said, you just rip it. I think for me... Um, you can give it everything. Yeah, you can get everything. But I, you know, I probably wouldn't, uh, and I don't currently with the disc that I carry that's very similar. I don't really mess with any um, trying for huge dis- distance, you know, slight Anheuser. More so, I'll use that for like shot shaping um, because you know it's going to come back. Uh, but yeah, it's a disc that... Um, you can confidently pull nice and flat and know it's going to go, you know, 300, maybe a little bit over and have just a nice, uh, reliable fade at the end. But, you know, it's a, it's a two fade, so you're going to have a nice glide over. It's not going to spike into the ground, which is nice, too. So you can get yeah. a little more movement that way um, to help you kind of shape those those nice uh big drives it's yeah and we were getting good distance too it's oh, not yeah. like it's not like it was so overstable that you were sacrificing distance oh not it's at just, all it's just you're not going to see a lot of turn if any right no it'll go laser beam straight as long as you throw it flat for a while and then it will it'll when it slows it'll hook up and and finish left for right hand backhand yeah uh nice nice and clean i'd say uh if if this disc is turning on you. You either have uh, form issues, or you can throw 450 to 500 feet. Right. Uh, totally. Uh, anything short of that, uh, you, you, it's it's you. It's you. But otherwise, it can handle pretty much all the power you can give it, and and even can handle some form flaws and and kind of come out of it. I had a couple of throws where I could definitely tell I had a little bit of oat on it, but it still kind of fought out of it, had a had a straight flight, and then finished decently hard left for me as a right-handed backhand player. 
and had some good good kind of approach shot style things like sub uh, like uh, like 175 to 225 forehands with it uh, nothing amazing but that's kind of what my forehand is with the mid range and um you know like the the longest forehand shot i'm throwing these days even with a driver of some kind is like 250 feet oh yeah and i don't so, even mess with that uh it's not like it's not like it's a huge part of my game it's more of just like situational needs type thing um but I, it was still solid for all of that and then again can't can't overstate the plastic no they, plastic great but yeah they like, do it right like i said too it's it's uh it's beaded so it lo- feels a little bit different um i'll say right now all mids that i carry um actually especially because i i put the pyro in my bag instead of the turbulence but with that said turbulence has a bead Aside from that, every other mid that I throw is beadless. Um, so it feels a tiny bit funky just for that one piece. But when you're power gripping, you don't really feel that at all. Yeah, I, I didn't notice it uh, too much at all. It is it's fairly deep for for a, for a mid-range, but not crazy. You know, I, I don't know. It feels good. Um, I, I like it. No, it's a great it's disc. It's a great disc. Uh, and... Uh, your time yeah so honey orange tripel belgian style ale brewed with wild african honey and fresh ground seville orange peel this is a new belgian brewing company belgian reserve 10 percent alcohol and uh, this is sent to us by evan miller he sent us four bottles we drank two already and uh this uh, could get a little weird I feel like totally fine, honestly. Well, you know what it is. Uh, this is going to be probably one of our shorter shows ever, at this point. Oh, we're, we're like cresting forty-two minutes or so. Oh, dang! At this point, which is like we normally start our deer review around like uh around like sixty minutes, sixty-two minutes. So we're 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 hmm. cruising through this show, which is probably why we're not as uh, crazy, but. We'll get back after it. Joe and I are going to start incorporating in our shows um, tutorial segments like we've done in the past. So we've got a few of them lined up already, and we'll start adding these into our show instead of our tournament recaps. We'll start talking about like uh, what to do in the wind and um, you know disc mold shapes and how it affects the the uh, flight numbers and whatnot. We'll just start adding in these kind of tutorial segments that we've done in the past on other episodes and new ones but we'll start mixing those in in the off season because i assume unlike last off season we're not going to have earth shaking just completely ridiculous uh you know paul Macbeth going to discraft type news right well and ricky to innova like there was a lot that happened yeah. last year that's just not going to happen i don't think um, we can rely on that to, to carry the show we're not going to hear about it though so next episode we'll probably just throw out insane speculation because that's all we'll we have. should that'll be fun we absolutely should so uh this uh tripel ale um a little so i should say Joe and I both big fans of of this style of beer to yeah. begin with. Oh, totally. Um, it's it's not uh, an everyday type drinker that that we we have. Um, you know, it's easier to find really good IPAs and things like that in most places. It's not like the most right. common time, but like your delirium tremens and and things like that. that and, and actually, a, a local one uh, from Mendocino, Prankster prankster is good um and then in one of the earliest beers we ever reviewed la fin de monde um which is like i think in our first 10 episodes yeah probably well i'll tell you right now uh this is one of my wife's favorite styles of beer so i do actually get this kind of beer yeah so it's it's a good amount essentially yeah joe does look for these because his wife loves them Uh, but a, a belgian golden strong ale uh, you know, ten percent on this one to begin with. Um, no, no real. I I want to say like no real fault to the beer. It it is doing most of the things you want in in this style of beer. I'd say it has a little bit more bite. That's what I say. Than I want. Like, there's that heat. You can get the booze on the on the first taste, yeah. which those other beers we just talked about. Um, 
are this are similar amounts of alcohol, but you don't like prankster is a good way to put it. Sneaky. Like prankster, like it's going to trick you, yeah. into thinking that you've got something that is not going to just put you on your ass. But nonetheless, and especially with the honey, you know, talk to it, the honey orange, like you think that this is going to be on the sweeter end, which it does finish that way, but the initial flavor is not quite uh, that sweet. Um, it, it, reasonably complex on on the flavor um doesn't quite scream honey orange to me though that's well, the biggest thing like i it tastes like a belgian ale to me but i don't get the the honey orange part well right but you also get the and i don't know how they do it but i sierra nevada is very similar in this way um there's that new belgium like yep and taste it still kind of tastes every, like a fat tire every, like no matter every what beer it is you get you can get uh what are the what are they called their uh their style their There's voodoo the, ranger yep. like crazy ipa is still at the end you're like oh it's new belgium yeah oh. like that's you get that here which isn't necessarily a bad thing i think for me um after drinking lots and lots of fat tire uh in my younger days it's not something that i will ever reach for again so that little bit of flavor, I'm kind of like, eh. but uh, overall, it's a super tasty beer. They're they're actually they're you know they're putting a lot of effort into it. You can tell, which is awesome. Yeah, and, and that's something that I, I think I I do want to commend New Belgium for. I think they could have just sat on their laurels and done fat tire and different types of fat tire forever, and they're messing around with tripels. Uh, they've got a really cool line time up Voodoo Ranger. Like they've done, they're doing tons of variations. They're messing with that. They're doing cool stuff. So I really appreciate that. Um, and I'm happy to have gotten the chance to try this beer. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, it's got, I'd say in terms of the actual taste, a pretty rich malty flavor, which is very common with, uh, with the new Belgian beers. Um, it's a little bit dry. Pretty, also fairly common with the new Belgian beers, and it's it's not too sweet, and I I I think the alcohol has a lot to do with it. The high alcohol percentage uh, kind of gives it a little bit more bite, uh, which I think helps with this style. Um, the orange is definitely there. I I don't mean to say earlier that that it was non-existent, but right. it's not the first the way thing. you're expecting. What? Like when it says honey orange, I think this is going to be sweet and I'm going to get orange right away. And that wasn't quite what I got. I, I taste a little bit more malt first and then uh, you get the kind of honey orangey type flavor and then it finishes a little bit dry uh, in my mind. So uh, I, I think they, they did a nice job with this beer overall and then the 10 percent, you know that's great i mean yeah no that works for sure it's gonna do work for you um and even though saying you know it's a little it's you can tell it's a 10 percent um it is still very easy drinking yeah yeah very much so yeah especially after you finish the first one and then uh, you start working on that second one yeah and then you drink half of it in one second it starts to move a little quickly yeah, I know. I was like, I'm not feeling anything, and then I drank half this one. I'm like, oh no! <laughs> I I would buy this again for sure. I, I would like a six pack of this. You know, um, I think it's very good. And overall, the the complaints I have about it are are minor, and I'm comparing it to um, kind of world really good world standards, yeah, standards of the of the Belgian style ale. So I think that they've done an excellent job creating a bottled, you know, version of it that is high alcohol and and overall pretty great. I concur. So I I think that yeah, this is good. I not I I'd say this is a troublesome coarse beer for a couple of reasons. Uh 12 ounce glass bottles not ideal. Yeah, but it's better than like Le Fin du Monde and oh yeah and, yeah like uh, in the seven hundred fifty milliliter with the seven hundred fifty with the cork in it and yeah. shit like this this is definitely an easier travel beer than for sure than yes. those and that should be that can't be understated there that right that actually the other ones are probably worse 
Uh, like prankster comes in that weird ass like it's like ceramic isn't it uh yeah or it's it <laughs> used to be it's now you know they've changed it up a little bit still yeah it's a big thick glass bottle um i guess this one if it was my first beer of the day um you'd be up for it i'd be up for day. it it would also be if someone like was rolling with an ice chest or something like oh i got this i'd be like all right Let's go. Sitting on ice, like, let's get after it. But. I, I, I would not hesitate to to bring this out. I, I think that it's good enough. Uh, it My only, the two hesitancies, I really prefer cans at this point. Um, yeah, I brought my bottle keeper out on Saturday for the first time in uh, months. Yeah, well, I mean, tall cans have become the standard Yeah, for, for, for good craft beers. Um, so it's just hard. But... Uh, cans i greatly prefer the dry finish on some of these high alcohol ones is tough like when you're out there and like you want something refreshing it's a hot day Uh, this for like a winter beer i think is perfect the the middle of summer disc golf round where it's you know close to 100 degrees i this is too much i'd roll it just fine but it would have to be like i said and i think the reason i I say and i think that's the reason i said to start my day because it needs to be cold. Like, this isn't one that can be sitting in my bag for no, six holes no, it could and then pull brutal. out and drink. That isn't, no. I'm not into it. Yeah, no, this could be, this is the type of beer, if it gets warm, it's not, not going to be good. Yeah, it's no bueno. So. All right, so the disc, um, I'll just jump right up. I, if you've been listening to this show uh, for a little bit, uh, or if not, I love the pine. The pine is my bread mm-hmm. and butter, uh, mid-range, um, I've been throwing it since it came out in the Trilogy Challenge. Like, it uh, is a mainstay staple of my bag. Uh, it, you know, if I was carrying four discs, the Pine most likely would be one of those four discs. Uh, so, uh, there's no reason for me to uh, move to an MX3 when I actually, you know, I have probably eight to ten Pines kind of laying in wait as needed uh i carry two pines in my bag at this point i used to always carry one but i throw it enough that i'm starting to actually layer pines which is kind of wild for me to think about so purely because my love of pine the mx3 won't make my bag with that said uh good on prodigy this is a type of disc that needs to exist in every manufacturer's lineup like this is a must-have for me anyways and it is so close to the pine. Like, I think it's closer to the pine than the bobcat. And the bobcat was insanely close. Uh, but this is so close that I know if I was playing around, um, which I actually did like a, a few months ago, I, I randomly reached out to locals because I was playing around at a course and didn't have time to run home and somebody brought me discs out. If someone had this in their stack, I would have no problem just grabbing it and being like, I know 100%. There's no even second guessing or thinking that I got it wrong. Like, I know 100% that I could throw this with all the confidence in the world and know exactly where it was going and what it was doing because it's that close to the pine. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't disagree with any of that. It is, it's a workhorse overstable mid-range. And it's one of the more predictable forms of, of disc out there. It's it's like it's so predictable. It's it's honestly fucking boring. Like we we have reviewed so many of these this exact disc, you know, where it's just like it's a five speed. It's a four glide. It's a zero turn. It's a two fade. And you can throw it as hard as you want. It's probably not going to turn. It's going to fade at the end and it's going to go, you know, anywhere from uh, depending on who you are, obviously. But for like Joe and I, we're talking like 320 to 350 feet with a disc of this style. Yep. And it's it does exactly what it's supposed to do. And it's it's got a role in in every everyone needs a disc like this in their bag. Yeah, it's just what do you choose to be that disc? Is it going to be, uh, you know, a crystal, a crystal Z Buzz, a Ti Buzz? Is it going to be an MX3? Is it going to be a Bobcat? Is it going to be a Pine? You know, is it going is to it gonna be... be another disc that we haven't reviewed yet, but we will soon? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that uh, 
is coming from Discmania. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, once we review that disc, which I'm sure that a handful of people already uh, have thought of, um, if you can imagine what that disc is and you have one of those said discs and an MX3, put them next to each other. They are basically identical. They are near. Uh, but near. once once we review that, I think we will, especially with this offseason um oh, hilariously similar naming convention too <laughs> yeah uh we will um i think maybe just do a roundup of all of them and be like what if what if we just dubbed over the the disc like every time we say mx3 just just dub over it? oh my gosh yeah <laughs> i mean we pretty much could we could take this review we could take this review and just overdub uh, just, that just, other disman <laughs> because just in, uh, the, in the episode note comments just be like also for future reference this is the review for the Discmania. right i mean very I mean, similar <laughs> I, I think i think we could have done that with the bot i think i think that one we're talking about is closer to the bobcat and this is closer to the pine all together they're still all pretty much the same disc yeah i mean there as we get into this world of so many different types of discs and so, and so and many, everyone doing such a good job of mimicking and finding yeah. the same well, kind of Well, it's like role. the NFL, like the copycat culture that happens. Like a, Wildcat. A new type of offense comes up, and all of a sudden it's everywhere. It's same thing in disc golf. Like the zone suddenly gains popularity, and all of a sudden everybody's trying to make a low-profile putter yep. uh, that is super overstable. And, Cannon, and, rat, entropy, like what like can we do? All these it, – so – it's so common in disc golf to have these these categories of discs that are all very very similar, and it really just comes down to your own personal preference. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so we'll we'll see, and that's the thing. And, and I guess as we talk about it more, and it's kind of become more um, something that we talk about in our Slack group, uh, which is an awesome like communication app. We are on there all the time. There are almost 650 or over 650 i don't know way more way more, way more. there yeah. maybe there's almost 700 people or more i don't even know it's close there's, to 700 there are a ton of people people join all the time just talking disc golf and all sorts of everything it's become a pretty cool tight-knit group there are people uh who are always on chatting there are people who are always on just reading and kind of staying in the background it's a it's a pretty cool thing, and you could join, and maybe I'll make you an avatar image that you didn't really want. Ooh, perfect. Um, but what I was saying is, uh, I've, it's been become a theme in there talking about you know this disc versus this disc, and really it comes down to how many of that mold do I own. Right, like there was talk of like PD versus Thunderbird, and, and there is a difference, and I don't want to say they're the exact oh, same. Oh, a huge disc. difference between those um, two. I, don't, I I think as a PD beats in, uh, there's there's not a huge huge difference, um, but in my mind there is we, dramatically more overstable for the PD. We we've got uh, you know I don't know forty Thunderbirds in this in this uh, shedio. Really? Fuck, we probably do. I mean, if not in here, between here, our bags, my house, my office, my yeah. car, <laughs> there's probably close to like 40 Thunderbirds. Um, probably, yeah. Like there's there could be a disc that comes out that is awesome. I mean, we talked, the, the Onyx is not that far off from the Thunderbird. Um, there's there's a good amount of discs that are, are kind of similar. One, I just love the Thunderbird because I've been throwing it for so long, but also I am invested. <laughs> Yeah, monetarily, like uh, I'm, I'm not gonna move away for it. For the, so the same thing, talking about this style of mid range, I got lots of pines. I love my pine. I talk about the pine so much. Like there needs to be something, you know. If, if a disc comes out in this same style, that has a noticeable bump to glide and just seems to go an extra like twenty feet, then I'll think about it. Yeah. But, but until, until then, then, like pine is pine is is where I live totally, for this t- totally style agree. of disc. And for me, um, I don't particularly need. I don't know. You've been ripping, bro. You might need to think about it. <laughs> I don't. I don't particularly need. I got lots of pines. I know you do. I but I don't. One, I've got 
Crystal Z Buzz is up there. I could put those in, and uh, and that's probably what I'm going to do. Got one over there uh, that is what I'm. What Joe's referring to is that I I've had like a little bit of a power surge lately. Yeah, last couple times we played, he's just been crushing. So I don't I don't I mean I know why it is, but I it's I just I just have been focusing on really slowing down my run up and and making sure that I he's I, also juicing. I, yeah, not really. I'm no, been, he's not at all. Not at all. Just getting fatter. Um, <laughs> no, like he's drinking lots of juice. <laughs> but the the biggest thing for me is that I've slowed my drive down way, way down, and I just focus on getting to my brace in a powerful position. That's it. That's really all I want to do is just get to the point of the brace and be in a spot where I'm ready to transfer as much power as I can um, in into that throw. And... Uh, and yeah, I've I've had some I've been disking down as well on top of that, but I I may need to throw in one of those crystal Z buzzes or something like that that's a a little bit uh a little bit more more stable than my my TI buzzes that I use and that that may be the thing. But I think you just need to all bag an extra one in my bag. You just pull out that pine. You just give it a chance. Just give it a chance on the course. No, I'm. I, I. I. will. I love the sanctity of the fact that my mid-range game is is fully discraft and and all lined up like that. I there's. I will. There is a buzz for me. That no matter what I need from it, there is a buzz for what I need it to do. <laughs> Maybe they can make a buzz S. <laughs> so, uh, whatever it is. I mean, I already bag a buzz OS. Uh, which is an absolute. Oh, that's way too beef. Beef monster, and uh, but yeah, that I've got that crystal Z up there, and I'm I'm probably gonna put that in. That's my plan. We'll see. So. We'll see. So uh, for me, MX3 not going in the bag. Uh, still fantastic disc, as we've we've explained here. So I, I anybody that's looking to check out a a you know stable to overstable mid range disc, it's a fantastic one, and the plastic's great. 400 oh yeah uh 400 plastic so good times yeah i love i love prodigy plastic so much there just hasn't been a disc yet that really has has been like this is i need this yeah um the the ogh one uh yeah we're gonna have the, the we have an h4 version 2 i think we have an h2 v2 us. also we do yeah so we'll we'll review those soon too we yeah. have so many discs to review. Like it's, Never we. Ending. I think we hit like at one point there was maybe two weeks of us kind of like buying things to figure out what to do, and all of a sudden, yeah, twenty more discs came in, and we're like, I okay, yeah, we've got a little bit. So of- if you send us stuff, we we will get there. I promise. I just can't promise when that will happen. Yeah, I see Recos over there too. Some some cast we got a whole we uh, cast up putters and we got a whole bunch of uh, discraft stuff too that we haven't touched. Yeah, it's gonna. We got a whole bunch of gyro stuff we haven't touched. Yeah, and we got so much yeah. stuff. All right, and then beer we pretty much are already covered. Like I- I'm gonna say yes to the beer. I'll say yes to the beer. All right, so we're both in on the beer. The disc is like basically we're saying we love the disc. We already have something comparable in our bag. And, um, you know, it's a super common type of mid-range. Right. I mean, I think this is a very easy uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship. <laughs> like, I'm very happy it happened. I'm happy that there's Disc Golf to watch. Like, just not feeling it right now. <laughs> like, I just, it's not something that I'm like, high priority, I need to get this in my life. Yeah. Um, I think it coinciding, to be totally honest, and I'll be tr- super transparent, uh, the 49ers being six and zero, like, is taking a lot of my, <laughs> a lot of my. You just had to get that in off there. time. I'm listen. It's been a while. It's, it's been, been a while. while uh, that I can, you know, devote some YouTube time and all that stuff and whatnot to uh, to my Niners. <laughs> because Lord knows that's, we're not going to have that with the Warriors this year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. That's all we got for you in this episode of the Disc Golf Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to check out our uh, Patreon page, patreon.com slash the Disc Golf Podcast. We do a pre-show before every single episode so you can get an extra Disc Golf Podcast. 
uh, check it out. It's awesome. Uh, generally, significantly more explicit than this show, which is already technically explicit. So if that's what you're looking for and that's what you're into, check it out. Like if you really want to see Robin naked in audio form, there you go. Yeah, patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast. Check it out. Also, Joe already uh, pretty put a pretty good pump in there for the disc golf podcast Slack group, but hit up our website, throw stuff at stuff.com. And then on that homepage, there is a join Slack link. It's an incredible chat group that we've created and uh, an awesome community of, of disc golfers. There's channels out there for your local, uh, your local disc golfers. There's channels out there for just showing off the disc you just bought. It's, Needs need some form help. Um, you got an awesome pet that you want people to know about. Kind of, yeah. kind of all over the place, which is pretty amazing. It's a great community. We got a couple uh, rad mods, uh, Austin and Joey. Um, probably a good chance we're gonna add another one or two coming up because there uh, was in the last like weekly update there was like 650,000 messages sent. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, awesome community. If you're looking for a place to uh, reduce your work productivity and increase your disc buying, check out the Disc Call Podcast Slack group. <laughs> it's uh, pretty much tailor-made for both of those things. So, throw stuff at stuff.com, hit the join Slack link. Uh, you won't regret it. I promise. Lastly, leave a five-star review for us on iTunes. It helps new people find the podcast, and I love seeing them. So please uh, throw those five stars on us. Leave an awesome review. And in the meantime, get out there this weekend and throw stuff at stuff. This is a song for the aceless. For those with aces, listen closely. Don't always have to huck it hard In fact, sometimes that's not right to do Sometimes you got to lay it up And fucking not run an ace or two Sometimes you got to ease If you want to put the D's and the B's Sometimes you got to say, hey I'm gonna throw it softly I'm gonna hug it gently I'm gonna flick it smoothly I'm gonna toss it so sweetly And then you say, hey, I hit some metal And then you say, wait a minute, Robin I think I'm starting to get it now Could you fill my throat for me? That's fucking teamwork What's your favorite disc? That's cool with me It's not a trespass But I guess it works for you What's your favorite beer? The only answer is an IPA So let's go to the bar And then I'm gonna flick it so sweetly then I'll fucking hug it softly And then I'll fucking throw it perfectly But then I'm gonna hug